I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Welcome to the Kingdom Misfits podcast, where we talk about biblical topics and culture through the lens of scripture. Our goal is to deepen our understanding of God's word through wrestling with scripture and renewing our minds. I'm David. I'm Mike. And we, we're ready for another podcast today. What's Mike. up, y'all? What's going on, folks? What's going on? Um, so it, we have a, a very interesting podcast today, and our main topic is going to be on how the devil owns the fence. And how always remaining neutral can turn you into a lukewarm Christian. Simply put, there are two sides of the fence and you cannot serve two masters. So we started out the podcast with Revelations 3.15 because it complements our main topic. And before we dive in, let's get some context around Revelations 3.15. And I went to BibleReference.com to get some context on there. And it states that Revelation 3, 14 through 22 is Jesus's final and most stringent message addressed to the church at Lysodicea. I cannot say that. <laughs> and we learn from this assessment that the Lysodician church was lukewarm, smug, and self-satisfied. Hmm. It boasted about its wealth and need of nothing, but the church deceived itself. In terms, it is a spiritual condition. It was wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Jesus urged the church to turn to him as he was positioned outside the church, inviting whoever heard his voice to open the door and welcome him. Now, it further goes on to state that nothing escapes Jesus' attention. He tells the Lysodicean those, <laughs> those guys. Those Lysa guys, right? Lysodicean church in this verse that he knows its condition. He says it is neither cold nor hot, although he would prefer that it would be one or the other. This condemnation of the lukewarm faith carries dire consequences. In that era, room temperature water was dangerous water. Cold water suggested a flowing spring or river, and hot water was something which had been cooked or cleaned. Anything in between was naturally suspicious and possibly worthless. So, Mike, when we're talking about being lukewarm, we're talking about fence-sitting. And I found on Wikipedia that it describes fence-sitting as being a common idiom used in English to describe a person's lack of decisiveness, neutrality, or hesitance to choose between two sides in an argument or competition or inability to decide due to a lack of courage. This is done either in order to remain on good terms with both sides or due to apathy regarding the situation and not wanting to choose a position with which one doesn't actually agree. As a result, someone who sits on the fence will remain a neutral and non-committal view regarding any of the other parties involved. That's pretty crazy, <laughs> right? And that's something that we got to talk about. Yeah, I think uh, when, when you're describing uh, what, the, what the fence and being on the fence and, and just everything you just read, it almost seems like it's one of those, uh, man, the first thing that came to my mind is like that guy that a lot of people know. You're just like, he's friends with 
with people and then you're like what are you friends with them for and then like they're he's friends with other people you know he's just I, how do you tie it down it's uh i guess like what came to my mind is like a weasel or something you know like someone that's he's you know like weasel. <laughs> <laughs> that you can't you can't trust them you know you can't like you don't know what they're saying to to someone else and and then you know to me that kind of person doesn't have a backbone you know like if you if you're asking me like hey make a choice and you're like oh i'm not sure i don't want to upset these people or um i don't want this these certain people to be upset at me or i don't want to upset these people it's like man like where do you stand nobody likes somebody that's you know when when it's when it comes to being uh when it comes to being a a man or a, a father and i'm only speaking from my own experience uh you know if you don't have that that decisiveness of putting your foot down and saying this is what we're doing this is where we're going you're, you're going to have troubles in your in your marriage because you're the head of the household, right? right. You can't be on the fence of anything. You like you got to make you got to make choices. Yeah. And if you don't, man, you don't want your wife making choices because yeah, <laughs> you're not going to be where you're not going to be happy at all. Yeah. And um and I think that's also different from like being indecisive or being on the fence about like what do you want to eat tonight? Oh, yeah. This is this yeah. is what we're, we're talking about in this podcast. Is when it comes down to things that matter, right? I'm banging on this table. So if you hear that, it's because uh, it's making that sound, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So these come down to the important conversations and the important topics, and 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 we all know we're, right now we're experiencing a lot of division um, mm-hmm. in the world we're in today. There's mm-hmm. a lot of hot topics going around. Even more, it's important to to make a decision for what you believe and take a stand on that. Right, because a lot of people are, are you're either red or blue when it comes to politics, atheist, Christian. There's all these different areas where we're, we're split down. Right now, it's pro-choice, pro-life. So there's all these different areas, and it, and it's not to say like choose now, but you gotta you gotta make a decision in alignment with what you value the most. Right. Right. We're not, and, and I'm not saying this is either right or wrong. Right. If you don't, if you're not a Christian, um, that that's that's fine. But we're talking about the what it um, what it means to be sitting on the fence or lukewarm or lukewarm. Yeah. And and in this conversation specifically, we're talking to Christians. So we're not talking to non-Christians. We're talking to those of faith. And this is something that we want to wrestle with because you, as you can tell, like just from the start of the podcast, we're both kind of uncomfortable about this because this is an uncomfortable topic, right? Sitting on the fence. Yeah. I, and you know what? I I could tell you I was. You know, I was on the fence for a long time, even though I thought in my mind and I thought by my actions um, that I was a Christian, right? I mm-hmm. chose God, but my actions weren't showing that because, you know, like I said before, I was the uh, the junk, the drunk Christian at the bar, right? <laughs> Trying to convince people to, to give their lives to Christ and, and stuff like that, you know, and I was the one, you know, using drugs and uh, and, and trying to convince people to, to give their lives to Christ. And I mean, man, what a, what a terrible situation I created for myself and, and misleading to those people that, that I was speaking to, you know, I don't know if, if, if anybody ever actually turned to God or I don't know if anything or was if you push somebody of, away from, yeah, him. if I pushed a bunch of people away, like, Hey, I don't want to be, why would I want to waste my Sundays at church when, this guy's over here 
at saying he's a Christian. You know, he's doing the same thing I'm doing, so what, there's no difference, you what know. That and, and that's exactly what a lukewarm Christian looks like. It does, and and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, I can relate to that as well. Like most of my walk as a believer um, has been on that fence. It's because I still had ties to the world that I did not want to let go of. Right. And then we're going to talk about that in some of our main points of this podcast today. But that was a real issue for me because it's like we. When you when you when you follow Jesus, there's there's some the Bible's pretty clear on what that looks like. And when you're walking in the world, there's there's a conflict and there's tensions there. It's like you have to make that decision, like, do I want to follow Jesus and what he says and follow the gospel, the Bible, and learn all about that? Or do I want to continue to live in this world that talks about success? Hmm. Um, indulge indulge in what you want, do what thou will. If you're on that fence, you're constantly fighting that. And that's why today's podcast is titled, The Devil Owns the Fence. And we're going to get ready to jump into that. Okay, so Mike, topic number one. Let's dive into this. But what do we mean when we say the devil owns the fence? So I've been, you know, I've always, I've always said that um, when I'm speaking to like my my kids, and I just, for me, the the way what I want to project onto them is a couple things. One is don't be fooled by uh, what this world is trying to give you and what it's trying to show you. My kids know who God is they they've been saved they both they've been baptized and just some of the decisions that they have made or they're going to make i want them to know where they stand and if they if if they ever have to find themselves deciding on something in their lives and they feel like they're on the fence of either it's good or bad Mm -hmm. i always tell them if you're on the fence don't forget who owns the fence. You've already made your choice. You're choosing the world, and you're not choosing God. Choosing God is easy. It's it's easy, you know. Choosing when the fence, um, the fence can be a delusion to our faith. And what I mean by that is, the enemy throws this fence up and tricks you to think that. You have time to walk this fence and to, to decide whether you're going to serve the world or you're going to serve the Lord. And that's a very dangerous place to be because if you get caught on the fence, what did that verse say? It said the Lord is going to spit you out of its mouth, mm-hmm. right? Out of his mouth. It's just a scary place. It's a scary place to be, especially for uh, a Christian, being that lukewarm Christian, yeah, you know what what comes to comes to my mind is that that part in the Bible where you you you're face to face with uh, with the Lord and He says, "Depart from me, I never knew you." You know, to me, that's that's a lukewarm Christian. That's the walk in the fence, sit the, the squatter on the fence, Christian. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow, because. I, there's a lot of times where I feel like I am a lukewarm Christian. I think one of those definitions of a, of a lukewarm Christian is someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus, but through their actions, does likewise. 
mm-hmm. it doesn't reflect that. Right. And and then just like you were saying earlier, you go to church, you're constantly in church, you're doing all the Christian things. However, on the side, you're you're at the club, you're doing drugs, you're drinking, or it could be that you're just you're 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 treating people foul. Right. You're or, being mean to people. Yeah, and it could be whatever's in that. What if you're not the same person? If you're not the same person in front of people when you are behind closed doors, that's a tall tail sign that you're a lukewarm Christian. Yep. Right? If you're in front of people on Sunday and you're you're lifting your hands and you're clapping and and then you walk away and then you find yourself alone and then you dive into pornography, right? Mm-hmm. Without any conviction or without uh, whatever, you know, without uh, seeking God or, w- or whatever that looks like for you yeah. when, when you're alone. Um, you're a lukewarm Christian. And you may not like to hear it if, if you're listening to this and and you're starting to get a little angry or you're starting to feel something. Take that as a sign that God's speaking to you. Because the whole purpose of our lives is the Great Commission. And to be honest with people, right, yep. is to, to, to get people to Christ, baptize them, and, and start f- walking in His ways. And guess what? A lot of people think that when you become a Christian, you, you, you fall into joy and, and peacefulness and happiness, right? And that's not the case. You know, it's a, it's a tough road to, to walk down. It's not easy. But it's worth every step. Now, would you say, I, I would say that, I would go as far as to say that, you know, being a lukewarm Christian is something to be expected when you become a Christian. Right? When you first start following Jesus, we're all like that. Because you don't know, you don't know, uh, you haven't had a chance to mature, and you're still in the world. I mean, I'm a firm believer that, that Christ meets you where you're at. God meets you where you're at. And when you when you accept Jesus into your heart, there's a there's a process that has to happen. Like yeah. you gotta go through the fire. No, I agree. And of course you're in the world. And the thing is, is you're not to remain a lukewarm Christian for long. You're supposed to mature. And maturity comes through diving into your word, studying the word, yeah. Going to uh be, becoming part of a community, right? Um, going to church. Attending Bible studies, you, you you are part of that community of faith and believers, and therefore you are surrounded by people who are going to help you grow. Well, th- think of it this way: what you just said, if you're you know a lukewarm Christian and you're at the beginning, like a lot, like all of us, you know, a lot of us have started out like that. But when you talk about warm, are you are you warming up to heat up? Or are you in the process of warming to cool down? Yeah, you know, like where where, where are you at on the scale? True. True. That's a that I think one of the areas that that really impacts you the most is the inability and the hesitancy to decide. Because when we talk about the devil owns the fence, we're we're speaking metaphorically like there's two sides to a fence. And in this one, we're talking about like God on one side and Satan on the other. Right. Good and evil. Mm -hmm. So when you're on the fence, you're okay. It's like you're somebody who's who's like you see um, you see evil happening, but you're like. You know, um, th- there's just bad people in the world, and they're just acting in their nature, and I'm not going to speak upon that. Or if you're somebody who's looking, you're, you're okay with things as the way they are, and you're just like, there's nothing I can do about that. That's another way. It's just going to happen. There's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. And that's a fence sitter. Um, so that, that becomes an issue when you go like that for a long time. And then I think that's when the devil gets you, because... 
you're missing all these opportunities to engage and to grow in your faith. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think, you know, it just, I mean, man, when you talk about, talk about a lukewarm Christian, it's just not someone sitting in the pews. You know, I, I've, I've seen and heard a lot of lukewarm pastors that won't take a stand on certain uh, subjects. That is very devastating to the church body, if you ask me. You know, you, you get a pastor that gets in front of a camera uh, in a secular form, and they ask him about abortion, and they say, oh, we don't really talk about that, or, uh, you know, that's not for me to decide. It's like, whoa, whoa, no, it says that it's wrong in the Bible. Like, that's your, that's your time to pick a side, but he chose to walk the fence. Yeah. And again, there's nothing wrong with agreeing to disagree. Mm. It's when you can't make a decision. Like, I'm fine. If you pick a side and I don't agree with it, hey, you've made your decision. I know where you stand. Yeah. And I'd rather be with somebody where I know where you stand as opposed to somebody who's wishy-washy. It's like if I'm at work and I'm about to do an important project and I got somebody who is, who is halfway committed to it, do you think I want to assign that person to a very important task that has a very specific deadline? <laughs> you know, I'm going to question that. Yeah. Or if you're out there doing, if you're lifting something heavy, think about that. Like you got somebody who's like, well, I, 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 I am strong, but I've never lifted weights. <laughs> I'm, you know, it's like, hey, are you reliable? <laughs> yeah. And so reliability comes down to it. And I'd rather know that you can't do something so that way I know where you stand or, where, or if you're against something. So it's like, okay, cool. I know where you stand. I know where I stand. Now we can start working towards a mutual middle ground. Right. But when you're undecided, there's there's a there's, there's a suspicion. There'll always be a suspicion going on in the back of your mind. Yeah, and you just don't know how to address somebody when they're when when they don't make it when they don't when they're not upfront with where they are or who they are. You're always dancing around, like trying not to offend somebody. Off yeah, be offensive or. Um, you got to watch what, you know, it's like one minute you think, I don't know. It's just, man, those people just frustrate me. <laughs> it's like, you know, make, make a choice on, on who you are and, and, and walk that way. And, and look, I'm saying like those people frustrate me because I'm one of those people too. Right. I, I still struggle Amen. with that, you know, yeah. to a certain degree where, you know, I find myself, uh, I'll be transparent. Okay. Of course, but man. That's what we're here to talk about. Let, let's be transparent. I'm going to date myself too. So. Uh, it's, it's whatever we all get old. Um, but our, my, uh, my 20 year high school reunion just passed. I found myself looking at pictures on Facebook and going through like the people that were part of the, uh, reunion and stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, like I almost, wanted to go back to who I was back then, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, man, like, uh, I I wonder if, like, if I would have went, like, people would have remembered me and this and that. Like, I got caught up in the what ifs, right? Right. And then I remembered something. I didn't really have true friends in high school, right? Mm -hmm. I had acquaintances. So, but in my mind... I I was I was a fake person to myself, but I was a real per, I was a real friend to to these people, to other people because from my perspective, if I was 
if I was their friend and I was uh, and I would do all you know I would go above and beyond of, of being their friend maybe down the line would they accept me as their friend mm. right so I was I wasn't true to myself I, I, I hid a lot of who I was in in school because I was afraid that if people found out who I really was then I would I would absolutely have no chance of having friends right okay so I'm sitting there like looking and thinking like going comp- like going through all this stuff and saying like man like uh, these all these friends I had this and that and I'm and I'm I'm really paying attention to everybody starts posting pictures of of all the friends together like back in the days right back in the day like in high school this picture this picture well guess who was in none of those pictures you exactly ouch but I was at all those parties I was at all those get get-togethers all those gatherings and stuff and I and from my perspective on those at those times I was I thought I was their friend you know I thought those were my best friends that those were you know my guys I thought those were my my like my group okay but the reality was is it, it, that's just wasn't the truth okay so in the tight back in you know I was I was always afraid to share my faith because of that reason and you were sitting on the fence and I was on the fence mm. I was a lukewarm Christian at on Sunday. I was in at in in uh, youth group. I was I was the Christian. And then when school came around, I kind of put that away and and wanted the kids of the world to like me. Um, so I walked that I walked that fence. second main topic there and this one is the delusion and consequences of sitting on the fence so we've talked about the devil owning the fence and what that looks like right mm-hmm. you got every fence has two sides and you've got one good and bad now mike i want to i want to challenge this a little bit too because most of the decisions we make in life tend to be neutral i mean like you what are you going to watch i don't care um, when it comes to certain <laughs> groups, right? I don't care. There's a lot of areas where are just neutral on because you just don't care. It may not be that important to you. Yeah. So I think it's important that um, we kind of we kind of clarify that because I think living everyday life, we kind of walk around doing neutral things. And, <laughs> and, and every so often, there's a situation that comes up where you like you have the option to do something good or to make an impact or yeah. do wrong. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you know what? That matters. And therefore, that's when sitting on the fence kind of becomes an issue. So I just want to clarify that because I, I think we're pretty neutral. And, I, and I'll even go as far as to say this, right? Let, let's, let's be clear. We're, we're the kingdom misfits here. We're, we're going to keep it 100 when we're talking about this right. stuff. I'm not 100% on fire for Jesus every single day. I, I, I'm just not. I get in my word. I study. I read it. And I do my best to apply that. But every day I fall short. I know that. And and if you're if you're a Christian, you fall short every day too. So don't lie and act like you're on fire 100% of the time. You're going hard in the paint every day for Jesus. I don't I don't know if it works like that. And I've never met anybody who's like that. 
Um, we want to portray ourselves. And, this, and that's a funny thing. Is yeah. Most believers, we just like, you know what? I'm a Christian. Therefore, I'm good 24-7. I'm not. And that's why I need Jesus. I know I need Jesus. In the areas where it counts, that's where you need to step up and choose what side of the fence you're going to be on. Make a decision. Do wrong or do right. Right. The word tells us to do right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, let me find this scripture from, um, it's, in, it's in the book of Matthew. And I think this is one, and, and it's specifically talking about money. And it says, um, it's Matthew 6, 24. And it says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money. Right. Right. That's how it's typically used. Right. And when you're on the fence, uh, you know, they're, they're, you're basically serving two masters. You're either going to love one and hate the other because, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I got to make a decision here. Who am I going to follow? I got one friend who's trying to do the right thing, and I got my other group of friends who's, who's making fun of this friend. Do I tell them to cut that out? We, yeah. we ain't doing that here. But then you decide, no, nah, I'm just going to let them figure it out. Right, and then you start kind of resenting. Oh, I'm resenting these guys because the way they're treating my friend over here, and that ain't right. But I'm on the fence, so I'm not going to confront this and say what you guys are doing to that person is wrong. That's where it becomes an issue, and and I can't help but think that's a consequence, because then they, when it comes down to it, it's like you didn't say anything. Sorry, yeah. I hit my mic here. I'm getting <laughs> animated, hands flying everywhere when I'm talking. Right, so it's like you didn't say anything. Right. And that's a consequence because now you're kind of looked at like, man, you had the opportunity to say something, but because you didn't, now you don't have a right to, 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 to put in your two cents in this conversation or on this issue. I've always lived by the, uh, I, I'm sorry, let me, let me correct myself. I didn't always live by this, but uh, in the last five years, I, I've adapted this, um, this train of thought, and I don't remember exactly where I got it from, so I can't. I don't remember who to give it credit to, but it basically says uh, to go along with what you're saying, you're either building somebody up or else you're knocking them down. There's mm. no middle ground in that. Mm. So when you're spending time with somebody, you're they're either adding to your life or they're taking from your life. And one of the things that I've always been big on and, and I'll always like, when I have conversations with my eight-year-old and I talk to her about, you know, time and, and money and love and this, you know, everyday stuff that she should know about as she's getting older, I always make sure to let her know that when to be careful about the friends you choose because they're going to either build you up or they're going to knock you down. And I said, when, when we go out and we go out to eat and we spend money, uh, at Chick-fil-A. We're expected to get chicken back, right? Right. Because we're paying money to for chicken. We're going to Chick-fil-A. We're spending money and time there. And that's what, we, we, what we're expecting in, uh, to receive. But if we go to Chick-fil-A and we get an old hamburger, what is, you know, like that doesn't, that's not what, what we wanted, right? right. So there's always... Uh, there's, there's always that thing where you got to be careful with who you're spending time with because sometimes these people may be putting up a front on you, you know, and in reality, they're taking from you. And, and you're getting that hamburger from Chick-fil-A, which, you know, obviously doesn't make sense because Chick-fil-A doesn't sell hamburgers. So chicken. Right? So Good chicken. You, yeah. Holy, holy blessed chicken. Holy blessed chicken. 
<laughs> a chicken walks on water. No, I'm just <laughs> but what you know, it's it's very you got to be very careful with who who you're spending time with because the one thing in this world that you can never get back is your time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm investing time into you, what am I expected to receive? You know, with my daughter, when I spend time with my daughter, I I I receive memories. I receive. Uh, to me, it's more of like God is is filling my heart where those empty spots have always been. Yeah. And that's my investment back when I invest time into my daughter. Right, right. Um, you know, I think another consequence is is that uh, self-satisfaction, right? And what I mean by that is like you don't see something's wrong with yourself when you're lukewarm. And I think in context of Revelations 3.15, you know, this church didn't see anything wrong with them. And they thought they were doing everything right. And you miss to see those opportunities where um, it's a blind side, mm-hmm. right? You miss those opportunities to, to, to be reflective and see that you're not okay, but you put on that front. So a lukewarm Christian, um, I think that's sort of a consequence of that, is when you're lukewarm, you don't think anything's wrong. You're kind of impartial to everything. You're but woke. you don't see it. Yeah, he woke. <laughs> you don't see what's going on with you. You woke Christian. And and that and that's a problem. And I think that leads to mediocrity. And 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 again, I, nobody can be one hundred percent fire every day. I know people are out there saying, "Yeah, I'm one hundred percent." I think that's impossible. And I think the Lord understood that. And that's why He yeah. reminds us reminds us to do those things. You know, pursue love, pursue these things. Um, you know, if you got it, if you know everything, that means you don't know anything, right? Yep. Because that's the problem. Mediocrity is something, is, is a characteristic and a consequence of a lukewarm Christian because you fail to make an action through indecisiveness. Right, right. And if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. The wrong room. Um, what about, something that we didn't describe is the delusion of the fence. Okay. Because being on that, the world looks good. Let, let, let's not kid ourselves here, man. Um, following Jesus is hard. Following God is hard. Being a Christian is hard, right? We're supposed to be countercultural, but all the cool stuff is in culture. And and don't shoot me for saying this. Don't don't unsubscribe for saying this. But when I go and I'm looking for some good Christian content, I'm hard pressed to find that. Yeah. Right. I mean, imagine look compare Netflix to some of these other Christian channels out there. I mean, we're we're not doing too well in that entertainment space. That's an area we're failing in. And, and, and therefore, I'm looking at that like, there's not nothing good on this. And therefore, I look at the world and I'm like, Yo, look at this cool stuff to watch on Netflix, Hulu, even in the movies. But when it comes to, when it comes to Christian content, I don't see that in there. Mm-hmm. And, and the illusion is like, hey, we got it all over here. Everything's fine. The grass is greener over here. We got better movies, music. Life is good over here. Whereas when you're a Christian, you're called to be a servant. You're supposed to turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. You gotta love everybody, and that's a hard thing to do, right? And that's also something that's used as weapon against us. So sometimes it's better to say, "I'm, you know what? I I want to take a stance on this because I'm deciding what side of the fence I want to stand on. I want to stand with God, and then I'm against that. Oh, but you're not loving. You're supposed to love everybody and judge nobody. So that's to me is a delusion of the fence. Is that the 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 world says that hey it's good over here the grass is always greener but on that side where you're at where there's faith you know it's all about the suffering 
It's all about being a servant. It's all about just loving everybody like you're on a hippie camp. You know what I mean? And, and I struggle with that. So it's like this, right? It's like you're, you, if you could imagine yourself standing in front of, uh, in front of two yards and there's a fence down the middle separating the two yards, right? Mm -hmm. And on one side, on the left side of the yard, there's, there's a garden, there's a, a pond, there's entertainment, uh, there's a pool, there's, you know, everybody's over there. Everybody's over there having a great time. Mm -hmm. On the right side, it's empty. There's like dirt? Nothing, nothing there's, there? There's nothing there. But you know what is there? There's uh, garden tools, gardening tools, right? Okay. So there, which one are you going to go to? I'm going to go to the one that looks good. Right? Yep. Here's the thing with that. You go to the left where everything's already there for you. At the end of that party, and the guy comes around asking for tickets or whatever, however you want to put it, right? You got to pay for what you, for everything you just did. You got to pay, pay up. Okay. You got to pay, nothing's free. Nothing's free in this, right? You yep. think it's free. You get over there, it's like, oh yeah, here's a beer, here's this, here's that, have a great time, this and that. But you don't realize that someone's there keeping track of everything that you've done. Everything that you're doing, everything you're drinking, everything uh, where you're going, right? And you go, you go to leave. You feel good. You're like, oh, I'm on cloud nine. And the guy's like, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Who's gonna pay this tab? You gotta pay this tab, right? You don't have no money. You didn't know it was, you were gonna have to pay, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the scenario on the left side. On the right side, you go there. There's nothing there. The tools are there. Seeds are there. Watering hose is there. You get to work. Start working, you know, plowing, planting seeds, doing whatever, building things, this and that, this and that. You get done with that yard, and someone comes up and says, hey, thank you. Here's your check, right? Mm -hmm. And not only that, you can stay here. The two different sides, two different perspectives, two different feelings, you know, is the world on the left side is going to offer you everything you want. But you're gonna ha you have to pay for it at the end. So nothing's free in life. On the on the right side, you you did all the hard work. You you did everything. That you paid your dues. You know you you did. You were in the mud. And God rewarded you for that. That's you paying your dues, right? And and I know there's this there's this famous song going around. Uh, it's an amazing song. I, I don't remember the lady and and the guy that's on it, but and the part of the chorus is. You guys been dancing with the devil way too long. Now he's here to collect his dues or something like that. You know, like, like you think everybody thinks like they're just there's they don't matter. Everybody thinks that there's no that consequences. Happen, there's no consequences. But man, when you when when you're faced with that ticket at the end of the day, uh, man, that's that's a scary place to be. Yeah, you pay for that, and and the saying goes right: the grass is always greener where you water it. That bill's going to be higher. Yep, but you're watering it. And I, it, this is something that we fall for. Uh, man, I wish I could express like how, how hard it is for me not to be enticed by the world. Hmm. I, I struggle with that every, every day. You know? But it's also because what I'm feeding myself. Right. When you're, when you're in the Word, that's why we talk about you know, read your Bible. Understand that. Don't just go to church expecting, you know, your Sunday sermon to be all the food that you need. You need to be in it daily because it shapes you. It reads you. Um, you learn. You get some context. You start understanding and you get that good, solid foundation. But 
when you're looking at the world, you're seeing all these fancy things like you were saying about the fans. Hey, you know what? It's normal for people to go into debt to look cool, keep up with the Joneses. That's a normal thing. It's, it's, it's normal to, for, for people to be promiscuous, you know? Mm-hmm. I, you can sleep with whoever you want. Just do what makes you happy, right? There's, there's, there's nothing sacred in that. And, and so the world is saying, go up to the line, and then they're going to punish you when you go over it. Because, say, for example, the sexual thing. Everything we see is over-sexualized. You see it on Instagram. Pornography is huge. Um, even in movies. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, most TV shows are very hyposexualized. Yeah. Right? And most of the American TV shows. <laughs> and then everything is sexual in there. And you're constantly bombarded by it. Now, it's hard, especially for a man. I'm going to speak from a man's perspective. It's hard to see a bunch of beautiful women half naked and not have some thoughts. Right. I mean, you can, you can be strong, but you can't be strong forever if you're constantly in that environment. It's going to get you. You know, if you're constantly looking at porn, it's going to shape the way that you see women. It's going to, but the illusion is, is it's okay. It's, it's normal because society has changed. And the delusion of that side of the fence is, is saying, this is okay, come up here. But once you cross that line, what happens? You spiral down. You spiral out of control. You start, let's say, you start um, spending, right? For once, it's like, Oh, I've got a credit card. Oh, I can buy that. Everybody else is rocking those shoes. They're rocking those Air Jordans and those Air Force Ones. Everybody's wearing this. Everybody's got an Apple Watch or an iPhone. I can't afford that, but I got a credit card. So you know what? I'm going to go buy that. Oh, no big deal. And then what happens? You're like, oh, I got that. But you know what? The next trend comes on. The next thing happens. And then like, I got to go buy that. So you use your credit card again. And then next thing you know, you're starting to accumulate all this debt. I know this because I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> this is me, yeah. right? And before I know it, I'm sitting there buying all these things that I think is going to make me, um, you know, have a certain image, look cool, or I think that's going to be functional for me. And then a cu- six months down the line, I'm looking back and I've racked up all kinds of money in debt. That to me is the illusion of the fence. Mm. Because to keep up with culture, you want to look like this. This is trending. This is on the TikTok. This is on the Instagram. This is fashion. This is what the world projects. You ain't cool unless you unless you got this stuff. And then you're doing everything you can to get it. And then that spiral happens because next thing you know, you're in debt. Next thing you know, you can't, you can't afford to pay your bills. Next thing you know, you're fighting with your spouse. Next thing you know, you're keeping secrets from your spouse about spending. And when I did that, man, when my wife found out, I was in trouble, right? Like, And, and plus, I'm in debt. And I have to fight my way out of that. And the same can you could the same can be said about sexual sin. The same thing could be said about course finances, and it could be work too. And it also can be serving, right? Like if you are not careful, and you're not paying attention to the delusion of the fence, you can quickly fall off that fence, and then be in a world of trouble. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's important. And that's why uh, studying and learning God's word is so important because when you have that foundation, it protects you. You, you have those guardrails where it's saying, hey, I know that this is what's cool and popular right now, but I also know that the word says this, and therefore I'm going to act in accordance with what I value and, and honor my relationship with Jesus, and I'm not going to go against that fence. A quick story about just recently with me, being on the fence, 
you know, and, and this is, uh, this, this is something that I believe like we all deal with it on, on a certain degree. Right. But once we recognize it, and this is, and when I say when we recognize when we're on the fence, uh, about certain things, you better be quick to, uh, make a choice. You know, the, the sooner you make a choice, uh, the better, you know, the result is going to be for you if you, you know, if you choose right. So don't get, don't get, um, don't get hypnotized by the fence. Don't, don't keep your eyes on the fence. Don't, don't, don't keep looking down. Right. You know, so for me, it was with drinking, you know, somebody that has, has, has struggled with that. I've always kept when I always kept that in my back pocket, right? Like I, I would never say to my wife or to my friends or to anybody, I would never say, Oh, I'm never going to drink again. I wouldn't, I would, you would, nobody would ever hear me say that. You know, when I got sober five years ago, the first few, two or three years, I would never say that. And my wife, she always wanted me to say it. She always wanted me to say, you know, hey, why, why would you never say you're never going to drink again? And I'm like, well, because maybe one day I will. You know, I always, I was on the fence about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is what I mean by being distracted, uh, uh, being distracted by the fence. I was distracted by the fence because I, I always thought, well, if something bad happens, I need something to turn to. I, I like I want to have that to go to run into, you know, all for years. My wife was like, why won't you ever say that? And I would never say it. I would never say it. I would always say, well, you would never hear me say I'm never going to drink again because I don't want to make a broken promise. And so to me, that was the delusion and and me focusing on the fence until one day I had to make I had to make a choice and I chose to never drink again. And I got, I jumped off that fence. Right. And I started walking away from that ever going to drink again fence. I can't even see it in my rearview mirror now. If I look back, I can't see that fence. That's how far away I've walked from that. I would never drink again. That's, that's, that's a fence. I, I pray to God, blew that fence down as I walked away. Good. So for me, that was the... You know, an example of me walking on the fence and being focused on the fence and being distracted by the, the, the lies of the fence. Right. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's deep. And, and that's a good example, Mike. Thanks for providing that. I want to provide an example of where I'm neutral at. And I know this is, this is going to get me in trouble, but um, the, 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 the topic of abortion and I and I and I go back and forth on this all the time because it's somewhere that drives me crazy. It's like one part of me, you know, I do believe that there is a heartbeat, you know, when when after six six weeks, okay, and then that the baby is a life that is a life inside of a woman. The other side of the argument is that it's a woman's body and they get to choose. But where I stood on the fence at, and I'm like, you know, I believe that that should be between a woman and God. Like, how do we regulate that? that? That's that. If there's free will, you choose and you pay the consequences of that. And that's your decision to do that. How can we tell you not to? Mm-hmm. And that's an area I'm still on the fence. Because yeah. I, I see, I know that I realize that's wrong. But I think there's other ways to prevent that. And and in this area, um, it's it's to me, it's like, I believe that, you know, there's, there's freedom and you have the choice. You, you are free to make that choice. What I don't agree with is taxpayers having to pay for your mistakes all the time. That's where I like. I'm. All, that's where I jump off the fence. And say, you know what? 
if you make that mistake, yeah, you know what? You make a mistake and it happens and, and that, you know, what given the circumstances, right? There's some circumstances, rape and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. When that becomes something that is uh, somebody keeps doing um, over and over again, like why should we have to pay for that? And then see, that's me being on the fence mm-hmm. on abortion. And a lot of people, this is a big, this is a big, uh, this is a big topic. For me, I'm kind of in the middle on that. And I'm, and I'm torn for that. Yeah. And you know what? And if God reveals to me when I'm, when I'm going through praying and it's like, I, I, I don't support this, then I'm going to change my heart on that. But to then, I'm kind of like, well, I'm on the fence. I believe that's a woman's choice. Yeah, I, I, I used to... Um, now, please don't unsubscribe for us so that way. Hey, I'm, <laughs> no, no, I'm just it, you know, I'm just keeping no, it. No, that's that's yeah, no, and that's you know that's something that people should be able to talk about. We and, should, be and able that's to talk that's about. fine that you that you're neutral on that. That's your journey, and and God will you and God, that's between you and God on yep. on, on those uh, on that subject. And for me, being a being a kid, a baby that was supposed to be aborted, you know, and um just seeing man all right i'm not going to be careful i was going to be careful about what i say but uh i'm just going to say what i have to say because you know i'm i'm not i'm i'm against abortion 100% mm-hmm. i never used to be i used to you know think the same way i used to think like it's a woman's choice you know it, it's her body and and stuff like that and people like to bring up the uh they want to make a a decision an overall decision for the whole spectrum of abortion and they use, um, you know, like rape or incest and stuff like that. Um, but these, these are very small, minute numbers. Right. They're very small, very, statistic. very small, you know, percentage. And I heard, I heard a guy and a girl interviewing people and they were saying, do you think it should, if a woman has a right to have an abortion, she's basically saying she doesn't want to be a mother and she, um, she's, she's taken away from uh, her rights to be a mom, right? Okay. Well, if that's okay for a mom to do to to end a life, why is it so hard? Why do people look bad at dads that walk out of uh, that don't want to be a dad, and they get a girl pregnant and then they leave, mm. right? Nobody looks on the other side of the coin. Yeah, that's a tough one. So you're saying like it's okay for a woman to, to take? Because I'll be honest with you, I like if I was in that situation where, you know, I've always wanted kids, and someone, uh, say I got someone pregnant and then I didn't know, and then they came back and told me like, hey, I just there's something on my heart I got to tell you, and uh, we, I was pregnant with your baby and I, I got an abortion. I'm like, well, where where was I in this right, decision? Like, like decision you you took away that. you took away my dreams of being a father, like you took everything away from me, right? Yeah. And so, like, I, like I I run those scenarios, and and I, and I see. Look, like I'm not saying that rape and all that stuff uh, is I, that's the that's the most. There's a reason why those guys die in prison. There there that's that that is the most lowest of low right. of scumbags that you can um that you could be so don't don't for a second think that uh i like I, i'm i hate that i can't i can't argue with with god's word and if i'm going to take a stand on something i have to do 
because I say I believe what the Bible says, mm -hmm. I have to agree with what the Bible says about abortion. Yeah. What the Bible says about it. But can you apply that? But now we're talking about legislation and policies. So there, that's a different side of the question. And we're kind of going on a tangent here. But at the end of the day, it's important for you to be able to wrestle with those topics and talk about right. them, right? Because we both have a different stance on that. And I'm not, I'm not completely, I'm on the fence. This is an example <laughs> where it's like being on that fence. Yeah. And it's not a good thing to be on that fence. You have to wrestle with these things and eventually make a decision where you're going to stand with that. Yeah. And, and for me, I, at this point, it's, it's reason why I remain neutral is because it doesn't impact me. And I'm just being honest. It doesn't impact me to that level of extent. And, and therefore, I remain neutral in that area. And if, when push comes to shove, I'll have to make a decision. Or if I ever had to do that, then I'll pick a side. These things are okay for you to wrestle with. Now, I may be scripturally in the wrong, right, by just being on the fence of that. And that's something that I'm willing to wrestle with until yeah. God can fix my heart about that. And I can say that because I don't care what people think of me. And this ain't that podcast. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. And if you yeah. get, you know, uh, we're going to talk about these tough things. And, and at the end of the day, for me, I'm on the fence about that. Yeah. And yeah. the devil owns that fence. So I guess I'm dancing with the devil. No, that's, that's exactly what, uh, what we do. And, and exactly why you and I are doing what we do is you know, being transparent and being honest, you know, if I'm, if you want to hate me for that, then at least you're hating me for all the right reasons. Now, um, you know, we talked about the delusion of the fence and some of those consequences. And, and when you're on the fence, just know that there's going to be some consequences to you being on that. Yep. So our hopes are is that you will um, evaluate that in your own heart and ask God, pray about that. Say, God, you know what? I'm on the fence about this. I'm unsure. What do I do? Then seek the word out. Talk to people who give you good counsel and then make a decision. But when you make that decision, don't look back. And there's also those situations, like I said, most through life, we make a lot of neutral decisions. You yeah. know, it's not every day we're looking at life and death decisions. Like, is a lion chasing me and what am I going to do here in this situation, right? <laughs> we're not forced with those kind of decisions every day. So um, there's in the areas that matter that align up with your values, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, you're going to have to decide which side of that fence you want to be on and make that choice and live with that decision and those consequences. Would, right. Do you want to say something Yeah, else? and if you, know, if you ever want to hear from God, open up your Bible. Open up the Word. That's, that, that's His letters to you. And, and for someone that's been through the Bible a couple times, not the whole thing, but I've been through, you know, uh, I've been through the Bible one, one time uh, from front to cover. Uh, or from cover to cover. I don't know why I said front to cover, but from cover to cover, uh, you know, and then, so I, I mean, I'm familiar with it and I've, I've read scriptures, uh, the same scripture a hundred times and I got a hundred different answers out of that same scripture and different, uh, perspectives of my life, different aspects of my life. God speaks through his living word. It's living word. It's living water. So if you are ever like, if you're one of those people and I could tell you that I was one of those people where I was like, God never talks to me. God, show me a sign. God, this, where are you at? Uh, here I am, you know, like, where are you type of 
type of person like I was. And the whole time I had a Bible collecting dust, and it's like, there he is right there. Open it up. That's the basic instructions before leaving Earth. With that being said, (laughs) we're going to take a quick break. Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All right, everybody, welcome back. And now we're in the final uh, topic for this podcast. And this is deciding who you will serve. I just read Joshua 24, 14, and I love this. It's like Joshua's final words when he's talking to the Israelites. And he's like, you know what? Decide who you're going to serve. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And I think that coincides with the devil owning the fence. You know what? And, and Joshua was saying here, like, you know what? You're going to serve the gods that your ancestors served? Or are you going to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Right? Who are you going to serve? And he's like, well, for me, this is who we're going to serve. And this is the side of the fence that we're going to stay on. And I think that's the toughest part when we walk as believers. Because so many times we're forced with this decision of, deciding who you're going to align with. Like we just had that talk, we just had a conversation about abortion, kind of out of the left field, but we just had that conversation. And and when it comes down to it, sooner or later, you're going to have to decide who are you going to serve? Are you going to be okay with what the world says, with what the government says on this? Or are you going to be okay with what God says about it? Man, I like my whole Christian career, I guess you could say. Career, huh? You're yeah. a career Christian? <laughs> uh, when since it started in, you know, middle school and uh I was I was the I was a lukewarm Christian for most of that time, all the way up into you know five years ago to from when I decided that I was walking away from the world and I was going to follow Christ and from that moment on you know I've been very uh, precise with the things that I do and the things that I say and the people that I'm around. It's always good to be around like-minded people in your growing definitely in your growing sessions but that doesn't mean you you stay in that in those groups right like for me now i feel like i'm at the point where it's time for me to start reaching out and pulling people along with me right and i don't know man like you just we're sitting here you know talking about who who are you gonna serve like who who are you? And I could hear, uh, you know, different people in my mind and, and different scenarios that people would say. And, and you know, because I'm always uh, wrestling with the worldly views and trying to counter them with my godly views. And, you know, I, I do this a lot with I want to be I want to be 
as honest and open as I can, but I want to have truth behind it as well when I when I speak. I have to always be aware of where I'm pulling things from and what I'm saying to people because I take it very serious and I, I feel like I'm, I'm accountable for the people that God has put into my life. You are. And I don't want to ever deceive people again and I don't want to ever mislead people again like I did in my lukewarm days when I was walking the fence. I don't want to be that and I so I chose to serve Jesus Christ. I chose to serve him as my God, mm-hmm. as you know, as Lord over my life. Now, unfortunately, that like you said earlier, that comes with consequences. It does. Right? When you choose when you're walking the fence, that has consequences. Right? Uh, you're gonna miss out on a lot. And then when you choose that's going to have a lot of consequences. And I think you and I both have, you know, I wouldn't say suffered, maybe a little bit for me. I can speak for myself, but I don't know about you. But, you know, like you lose friends and family members and, you know, people that you look up to or maybe someone that you used to do a lot of stuff with. Of course. And, uh, you know, and then that's that's just the consequence. But I see I see life. I see life in a different lens now. I, I see I see this world from the the perspective of standing on this side of the fence, if you would, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the fence and I'm looking over the fence and seeing that. And I don't see a lot of fun. I don't see a lot of partying and and having a great time, which that's the delusion of that. It is the delusion of that. I see a lot of hurtful people. I see a lot of hurting. People masking themselves. I see a lot of that. I see a lot of uh, sadness and searching. But we're all there. We're all in that state where we don't know where to look at. We don't know where to turn to. This feels good. This feels normal. This is what I've grown up with. This is what I know. Mm-hmm. And... What you know, like it takes me to one of those. Um, one of my favorite songs by POD says the 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 hardest part of holding on is letting go. Yep. Right, and that's the hardest part. I I believe for me it was for me. Because like I said, I love drinking. I love, I love being on the fence. I love to be able to go jump over there and party and then jump right back on the fence and look over, and play Christian to these to this audience and then jump back over. You know, I loved it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. I loved it. It felt great. It's fun, but to a certain extent, man, like I was, I was dying inside, physically and spiritually. Yeah. My family was dying. You know, my family was falling apart. It was just. I guess what I'm trying to get to is, we all have to make that choice. We all have to man up. We all have to woman up, and we all have to make that choice of who we're gonna choose. Where, where. Who are like you choose? Don't don't dance around situations. Choose. Yeah, and and look at this. And I, and I love that how you were stating that. Like when you when you're neutral, there's consequences. But making a choice, there's consequences. And the choice to follow Christ is to pick up your cross. When you choose Christ, you're going to pick up your cross and you're going to walk with. There's there's joy in that and there's pain in that, right? Because God doesn't exempt you from the pain from that. He says you will suffer more as a result of me. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in my own walk where when I started following God, 
and I started getting off of the fence and I started getting into my word and, and started surrounding myself with community, everything changed about me. And those nights of partying, uh, I started seeing that and I started seeing where that goes because when you're partying, there's never a lack of examples of where that ends up, right? Everything's fun when you're partying up until, 12, up until midnight. Because after midnight, that's when all the fights start happening. When the bars close, that's when all the, all the bad things happen, right? When the party gets past midnight, that's when things start happening. And you start to understand that, and you start to see that, and then you start to draw away from that, because you know that's not good for you. You, you become aware, or you, you get woke, right? You wake up, <laughs> you wake up, right? It's like spiritually, you wake up, you were dead, yeah. and then yeah. you come to life. And you start seeing, hey, you know what? I know from experience, Every time I've tried to say, oh, it's not going to be like last time, and I went out and partied, it was exactly like last time. Yeah. I woke up, or I probably did something stupid, and then I woke up feeling like crap, right? And every time, I, oh, I'm not going to drink that much, but I put myself around that situation, that environment, and of course, the, I, there was, I had no chance against that environment because I wasn't, you know, I didn't have an identity. But when you start following Christ, you wake up to that. But then again, the consequence of that is the people that you did it with and you're not doing that, you start to lose things in common, right? It's not because they're bad and you want to get away from them. some of them, maybe. But you stop, you, you, you stop having things in common with people. And therefore, your, your surroundings and your group of friends will shift and change. Or worse yet, that road gets lonely. Mm. You lose all your friends. And therefore, you, you are doing things alone because you want to honor God because you discovered who Christ is. You want to honor God. You're starting to read your word. You're starting to, be, you're starting to wake up to the things that are going on around you. And you start, and people are leaving you. And you're feeling the pain of that, but yet you're conflicted because you want to follow God. That is a consequence of that. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about, not just becoming a Christian. Now imagine the other side when you choose the, the defense of, let's say, um, of evil. Right? Oh, I just stole that one thing. Oh, but it was tempting, right? It started off with a piece of candy. Oh, then it started stealing from a friend. Started stealing from your parents. And then all of a sudden, your jobs move up bigger. You start stealing stereos from car. Well, I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I'm just dating myself right there. <laughs> and you start stealing devices from people. And then you start robbing, right? And then you start, it just falls out of control. Or it could be with sexual lust. The, those are consequences of choosing the other side, right? We're not here to judge you. You made the decision. You're gonna live with the consequences. That's on you. We're not here to here to here to judge you. We're just here to say, you know what? Decide who you will serve. And at some point, you're gonna have to live with that, whether it's consequences or the benefits of it. Both of both sides of that fence come with consequences. Life is a lot better on this side because. For everybody that God takes out of your life, he'll replace that with people who want to be in your life. And a lot of times that ain't going to be your family. Right. That might be other people. And, and that is something that, that is okay. God always makes things right. You're going to feel the pain, but after the rain comes the sunshine. And God will bring joy. Right? He works all things for the good of those who love him. Whereas on the other side, Satan only comes to steal, kill, and destroy that's where it leads to. And then there's gonna be times in your life, and I think this goes through phases, where you're jumping between both sides. You're no longer on the fence. You're like, hey, I'm over here until something happens in life, right? You're over here following God. You're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. You're, you're living that life. Then all of a sudden, 
a situation or an event happens that causes you to question God. So then you backslide and you're back over here. But what I what I believe in, tell me if I'm wrong here, Mike, is that, you know, just because you make a mistake or just because you backslide doesn't mean you can't come back. It's, it's It can be harder. But you know what? When you when when Christ is in you and the spirit of God has entered your body, he's now it's not so easy just to forget what you know once your eyes have been open to that right and i've heard this a few times and and i i believe this uh to be true as you start your walk with christ the closer you get to god right Mm -hmm. and the close sin cannot exist in the same realm as god right it just can't so the closer you get to god the more of the sin in your life is revealed and you begin to recognize your sinful ways. Yep. Knowledge from God tells you to to disown that, to, you know, to die to to have that sin die to you and you move on or whatever. For people that jump back and forth, back and forth, that's such a that's such a dangerous game. It's exhausting. It not only that, it just wears everyone else out around you. Yep. I don't know, like just I, I gotta keep coming back to to everything. Like, is just choose who you are. Be upfront with with what you believe. Yeah. Like, own it. Own it. Why? 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 What are you afraid of? Because the way I look at it is this: is if I have to carry my cross and 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 I'm struggling and, and Jesus is with me and we're carrying the cross together and we're going through this together. I don't know about you, but. Uh, you know, I played football and I, I, I do jujitsu and I, I do a lot of competitive uh, physical stuff. Mm-hmm. When you go through something that something uh, in that matter of like you almost lose your life or there's a high risk of losing your life. Right. Or there's a injury. Uh, you, you be with somebody. Right. When you go through something with somebody that's traumatic, you form a bond that only you two or whoever, maybe the team, right? It's like you see like these old football guys when they meet, when they haven't seen each other for 20 years, 30 years, yep. and they come across, it's like they never left, right? There's a bond there that nobody could explain, but it's there. It's there, yep. And see, I, I, have, I, I have that, and I want that with Jesus, that same bond that I'm going to go through this with. He's going to come through this with me, and no matter what happens in my life, him and I are always going to have that relationship. And I don't like, for me, it's very simple. And, and I shared this story uh, last Friday at Recovery Road uh, about my good friend, um, Mike Vigil. One day I was, de- I was dealing with depression and I was in a dark place. And I know I shared this before. I'll make it quick, though. And he told me, if you don't want to be depressed, just don't be depressed. And I was like, "Excuse me, like, do you know the probably sounded like the, the worst advice yeah. ever? <laughs> do you know the demons that I'm fighting right now? Like, you don't have any idea what's going on." And I was mad at him for almost two years, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I, I kept it inside, right? I kept my anger, and I'm like, "How dare he? How dare you tell me that? That's like you're supposed to be a loving leader, a Christian leader, right? You're supposed to love me." Well, there came a day where I was heading down in, in a dark place and I started feeling depressed and like 
when I say the day was getting dark, the day was getting dark spiritually for me. And I remember sitting down in my office and I said, you know what? I don't want to be depressed anymore. And I opened up my Bible and I just started reading. And then God told me, hey, do you remember what Mike Vigil said to you? (laughs) (laughs) It is that easy, bro. It is that easy. You just got to choose, right? You just got to choose to not be. It's a mindset, right? When and it comes, I will give you strength. Yes. And, and so, long story short, I, the next time I saw Mike Vigil, uh, who I love dearly, he's a great friend of mine, and the next time I saw him, I, I, I apologized to him. He had no idea what I was apologizing to, to him about, but you know, I had to tell him I was sorry for feeling the way I did, and, and he was right. I, I didn't want to be depressed, so I wasn't. It was that easy. You just open up your word. And... Um, but yeah, I just, you know, if, if you find yourself by yourself because of Christ, that's all good. It's all good. It's, that's, it's that's, not like the world, right? Trust me, the, the blessings, and you're not, you're, God will grant you your desires of your heart. I'm, I'm a proven fact of that. You know, I, I could tell you all the blessing. God has blessed me so much in my life that I had to just start throwing blessings to people. Like, there's too much. But he he says he'll lo- he'll bless you abundantly, and he's not lying. Mm. And I love this uh, scripture from Philippians two twelve through thirteen, where it says, "Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Mm. Like He's with you, Amen. He's with you." You know, with that being said, um, this is a this was a tough conversation coming into this podcast. I thought it was going to be easier, but it, you know, and I, I guess we're both speaking from being our, our experience of being on the fence, man. Right, right. And 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 some of those consequences. I mean, this is a uh, this walk. It ain't for the weak. It's not. It's not. And but the reward, the pleasure, and the joy of following Jesus outweighs being on the other side of the fence. Amen. You know what I mean. Um, and all of us know what that's like, but it's just that we're clinging on to something or you're constantly feeding yourself something from the world and, 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 and not enough time in the word of God. So therefore that delusion starts to kick in. So we want to challenge you to fight that yeah. and, and, and make that decision. We, we, we kind of really just like decide, decide what side you're going to stand on and get away from being more. It's, it's okay to get away with being lukewarm for a little bit, but sooner or later, you got to jump off that fence and pick the side that you're going to land on. Yep. Mike, any last words? My last words is, with that said, me and my house, we're serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. All right, y'all. I'm David. I'm Mike. And this is the Kingdom Misfits Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.